It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm Dave Anthony. Today, another focus on Israel and its war against Hamas terrorists and Iran and its other enemies. You'll hear from Dan Hoffman, who knows a thing or two about all this. He used to be a senior CIA clandestine services officer in parts of the world, dealing with dangerous people that few of us can imagine or relate to. We discussed what went wrong with intelligence, why Hamas's attack on Israel wasn't detected, what we can expect in what could be a long conflict, and why he's not very optimistic about the fate of the hostages Hamas is holding in Gaza. But because Dan and I talked for quite a while, we had to trim some of the conversation for the regular rundown podcast we posted the day after President Biden went to Israel and then addressed the nation from the Oval Office. Now today, we've put it all back in for a weekend extra. And we thank you for listening. We hope you come back for more. Subscribe if you haven't already. You know we're here with new stuff every day. And now Dan Hoffman on the Fox News Rundown Extra. Joining us again on the Fox News Rundown is Dan Hoffman, retired CIA senior clandestine services officer, now a Fox News contributor as we continue to follow Israel's war against Hamas terrorists, now almost two weeks old. Dan, thanks very much for being back with us. Oh, it's a pleasure. So obviously this is a a nightmare situation and what, of course, happened with the Gaza hospital uh, bombing didn't make things any easier. How much more difficult, in your opinion, has that hospital bombing made it? I think the hospital bombing is just a harbinger of things to come. What we saw were certainly Palestinians uh, rushing to conclusions about what happened because they were fed a story from Hamas that it was Israel who was responsible. But it wasn't just in the in that specific area. It was the region writ large where we saw protests uh, across the region against Israel. And even in our own country, some of our own elected representatives rushed to conclusions about Israel's responsibility before they saw the facts. So I think the storyline's already been written, and this is probably a microcosm of what we can expect when Israel enters Gaza and begins to mount what will be a bloody ground offensive. We we know about the fog of war, but it almost doesn't even matter what the facts will be because there's a lot of predisposed bias out there, and that's what's going to cause the region to become more inflamed. Yeah, It was only... A month ago that National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan was talking about how things were proceeding in the right direction towards peace. And, of course, uh, that's certainly not where we're headed these days. So what happened with the Hamas terror attack nearly two weeks ago? Why did that seemingly surprise everybody? I mean, you'd think that there'd be some intelligence somewhere. Don't they usually pick up chatter? I mean supposedly Iran was behind this for a long time they were planning this. And and so in order to carry something like this out, it had to be plotted for a while, correct? It did. And there were a lot of moving parts. There were 
there was a land, air, and sea, all well-coordinated. But Hamas, these Hamas terrorists exercise really good OPSEC, operational security. And I'm quite sure that they've been trained well by Hezbollah and by Iran to do that. And so on this case, they beat Israeli intelligence. Uh, Does that surprise you? I mean, you you worked in the CIA for a long time. American intelligence, you'd have to think, works with Israel. How did we everybody miss it? Well, Israel's it's Israel's backyard. And so they've got the place wired, or at least they should have the place wired. Um, But in this case, they didn't. And look, intelligence failures happen. Now, there's a lot of successes out there that that people never hear about because as one of my old mentors used to say, the secret of our success is the secret of our success. <laughs> we don't talk about it. We have sensitive sources from whom we obtain intelligence about threats to our national security, and then we preempt those threats. And most of the time, people aren't the wiser, except for perhaps our Senate and House uh, Intelligence Committee oversight members. But when there's a failure, as there was, for example, on 9-11, uh, or in this case with Israel, it's usually in three places. It's the collection phase where you've got trying to you know, run human sources. Maybe you didn't get all the intelligence you needed. Sometimes it's the analytical phase where the right questions aren't being asked and the right requirements aren't being put forth. Israel should have expected that their effort to negotiate Uh, reconciliation and diplomatic relations with Saudi Arabia might prompt Hamas to take this very move. And then there's there's the executive decision-making part. Did Israel do all that they could do to harden their defenses? Well, Hamas was able to destroy Israel's um, communications and surveillance towers with drone attacks. So you know, the, there was there was a lot of weakness there and a lot of vulnerability that Hamas exposed. Israel has to learn on the fly and when they conduct their ground offensive, which is reliant on human intelligence, they they're going to have to really figure out what went wrong now, so that they don't repeat that during the ground offensive. The last thing I'll tell you is, thirty six days after nine eleven, CIA officers were the first ones in in Afghanistan, taking the fight to the enemy uh, during Operation Enduring Freedom. That's how you honor the memories of those whom we lost, and uh, it's it's by focusing on the next mission at hand. Figure out what went wrong the last time and do better next time. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. In this case, though, Israel, they've gone into Gaza before. They know Gaza. Hamas knows they're coming. They've had tunnels, they have booby traps, and they use civilians as human shields. President Biden talks about that, Netanyahu talks about that. So how can Israel succeed in this invasion to come? Right. So many times in foreign policy, we're talking about a bunch of different options, none of which are very good, and you're trying to pick the least bad option. Israel simply cannot live with Hamas plotting terrorist attacks against them from oven-governed space in Gaza. So Israel will take the fight to the Hamas enemy and finish Hamas. And yes, the civilians are living above ground. Hamas enjoys strategic depth because they're literally underground in tunnels. But Israeli defense forces with support from intelligence, their intelligence services, will go there and uh, and painstakingly mount that ground offensive. I'm fairly confident that's exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be bloody. 
but I don't think Israel has a choice. And I do believe they'll succeed, but at a cost in terms of their own blood and treasure, because it's going to cost a lot of money uh, to pay for the artillery and all the rest of the things that, that will go into this ground offensive, but mostly in terms of spilled blood, their own blood and the blood of innocent Palestinians who will be caught in the crossfire. But make no mistake, that's the responsibility of Hamas. Hamas is running the Gaza, and Hamas launched a terrorist attack on Israel. So Israel will respond. But the third way Israel will suffer is their um, reputation. There will be reputational damage, and that's really what Hamas is after here. I think they're they they want Israel to uh, to mount this ground offensive because they know it'll be bloody. And as I wrote in a recent column for Fox News, Hamas wants to be the midwife for the next generation of enmity between. Uh, Arabs and Jews, Palestinians and Jews, and to make any sort of diplomatic reconciliation between Saudi Arabia and Israel impossible because there are. Yeah. Do they not want I mean, there's talk for years about this two state solution. They don't want that. Right. Or do they? I mean, because they can't want that if they if they're doing this, they can't want that. No, they don't. they're, They're not interested in diplomacy or finding uh, solutions that that might suit the 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 their people um, and make the the future better for their people. Uh, their answer, if you read the Hamas charter, it's um, end Israel and eliminate the Jews. So that's how does that invade? How so does that a, attack? That's a, they're do a terrorist that. group. So there's so no how does that attack do that, Dan? How how do how are they just hoping? As you talked about, that the reputation of Israel suffers so much that everyone is so angry about the invasion and the deaths of civilians in Gaza that at some point everybody turns against Israel. Is that the hope? I'm not sure that they're planning strategically along the lines that you're suggesting. Look, they're no different than ISIS. Um, there's a suicidal element to uh, to their to their tactics, obviously. Um, and I think they they simply don't want peace and they want to conduct terrorist attacks. I don't think they have, a, you know, the 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 grand strategy here, but they're not beloved in the region. In fact, uh, there's no love lost between Hamas, which is an offshoot of the Muslim Brotherhood and Egypt or Hamas and the Saudi and Saudi Arabia. It's just that those other states, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, among others, uh, they want to leave Israel to do the dirty work that they will be behind closed doors supporting because they don't want to face uh, the costs, which are quite serious in terms of um, their own reputation with their own people. And so they're happy to let Israel do the dirty work. Okay. And uh, and I think that's what, tragically, that's what we're going to see okay. in the Middle East. There's a lot of concern that Israel is going to face you know, another front here from Hezbollah, also backed by Iran. In Lebanon, there have been rockets fired from there in the course of this war. Iran's foreign minister on Wednesday tweeted or put on X or whatever it is these days that time is running out for Israel. And even Jordan's king had said that they're going to plunge this region into an unspeakable disaster. So if Iran and Hezbollah get involved to the degree Hamas is involved, then what? Well, this is where the United States needs to deter Iran from, and deter Hezbollah from doing that. So we've got an aircraft carrier, the Gerald R. Ford aircraft carrier is in the Middle East, and we're sending another one, the Dwight D. Eisenhower. And by the way, how's anybody liking the pivot to Asia right now? <laughs> you know, I'm sorry to say that that things happen in the world and we need to respond to them. And we might want to do 
uh, isn't always going to be an option. And and when it comes to national security, we've got to focus on all the threats, not just the ones that we wish weren't there. You know, got to see the world as it is, not the way we wish it were. And it means that we've got to deal with Russia and China and North Korea and uh, and obviously the Middle East. And uh, and that's a, a huge challenge uh, for CIA intelligence community collection, but it's a challenge for policymakers, but got to step up and do it. So we need to made it clear privately, and they've done so publicly as well, this administration about to Iran and and Hezbollah not to become involved. If they do become involved, it will be a wider war. And Israel will take, I'm sure, uh, very serious measures. And Lebanon, just like the Palestinians, the, the innocent Lebanese will suffer because Israel will bomb Hezbollah into submission. Hezbollah will seek to do the same to Israel. And it's going to get uh, pretty nasty. And when it comes to great powers uh, intervening in some way to play a positive role, well, Russia is committing massive human rights atrocities in Ukraine. Our relationship with Russia and China is arguably at its worst that it's ever been. And so it's going to be very difficult for the great powers to come together and and oversee any sort of diplomatic resolution to this. That's the uh, the, the, the challenge we face with everybody's finger on the trigger and a fully loaded magazine. We've got all of these other things happening in the world. It's, if there's a silver lining in these dark clouds, it's a good time to be working in the intelligence community or in the U.S. military, because God bless all those people. We're going to rely on them more now than maybe we ever have. Yeah, I know. People are probably worried the U.S. troops might have to get involved in this conflict. Like, if you talk about us deterring Iran, that might involve U.S. strikes in Lebanon if it, if it comes to that, right? It could involve strikes. I don't think it's going to involve boots on the ground. There okay. will be U.S. troops have been sent, uh, a small number have been sent, special forces reportedly, to Israel to assist with supporting Israel in terms of just the analysis and, as the military likes to say, cross-leveling, just sharing information, intelligence on what we're seeing. And there are U.S. forces now in the Gulf with those aircraft carriers. But I don't see a scenario where there will be U.S. boots on the ground in the Middle East. The Biden administration, just like most Americans, is against a repeat of that. Um, it, we've got you know small numbers in Syria, small numbers in Iraq, training and assisting uh, our, our allied partners there to take the fight to what's left of ISIS. But I, I don't see U.S. boots on the ground in any serious capacity. All right, let's say that the ground invasion and the war against Hamas works and somehow they are able to pretty much destroy that militant group, then what? For the Palestinian people, for the whatever the Palestinian Authority is, then what? Yeah, so first of all, I think, let's be realistic, I don't think they're going to fully destroy Hamas. Hamas is not just a bunch of terrorists, but it's also an idea, just like ISIS and Al-Qaeda. So you will significantly degrade them, and you will destroy key elements of their ability to wage terrorist attacks, but you won't completely finish them. That's probably not going to be possible, but you can pretty well rid the Gaza Strip of, of Hamas. The question is, you rightly point out, what happens afterwards? You know, we we, we, we know that going into an open-ended conflict without a post-conflict -recon post reconstruction plan is a bad idea. We learned that in Iraq, even though Many in the State Department were demanding that we do that. Um, unfortunately, we didn't have that strategy. And so there's got to be a plan for how you get in. 
and what you do once you're there and then how you get out. Israel, I'm quite sure, does not want to occupy the Gaza Strip. The question is whether they turn it over to the Palestinian Authority, which is very weak and ineffective and lost the last and only election in Gaza back in 2006. Um, you know, there would most likely have to be UN peacekeepers involved. But again, the, the, the challenge we're going to face is that the UN Security Council is is pretty hopelessly divided right now. And and so getting to post Hamas Gaza and putting that in a good place without US, China and Russia on the same page, you know, good luck. It's yeah, kind mean, of a perfect storm. You talk about Iraq. We have Afghanistan. We left there after 20 years with the Taliban back in charge. And that place is a, is a nightmare. Libya without Gaddafi, also a vacuum without power and factions. It it doesn't seem to bode well for what could happen in Gaza. No, and and uh, and uh, what happened in Afghanistan certainly an admonition to what you know. Just I mean, that's what we need to be thinking about. Um, you know, we left behind a terrorist state in Afghanistan. And there's no such thing as over the horizon. That doesn't exist. We can't see over the horizon. It's a terribly poor way to describe what we're trying to do there. We just don't have the eyes and the ears that we need there that we had that same similar situation to what we had before 9-11. And it makes collecting intelligence and acting on that intelligence prohibitively difficult. And uh, the terrorists there are plotting and planning against us. And this What's happening in Gaza is kind of like a shock uh, to the terrorist world, a force multiplier for all of them to want to take their own fight to their Western enemies. And we're the number one enemy, you know, Israel, the near enemy, and we're the far enemy. And so we should be concerned about that. How long, in your view, could this go on, Israel versus Hamas? Yeah, I don't know. It's really awfully hard to speculate how long this is Months, going to Months, you think? Maybe? Into next year? Hard to say. I, I, I would hesitate to, to even fashion a guess because I just don't, I think it's probably unknown. Uh, I, I think that uh, that obviously Israel is going to want to get through this as fast as they can because the longer it goes on, the more it suits the Hamas twisted narrative. So, and, and the more innocent civilians will suffer. But how long it lasts is anybody's guess. What about the hostages? Obviously, President Biden said that one of his that his top priorities to, is to try to get the, the hostages out. Obviously, Hamas it's a chip in the game for them. What? Yeah. What, how do we get hostages out? I'm going to be brutally honest with you here because this is the way it was for me when I was testifying on Capitol Hill, and I had to tell our elected leaders or, or briefing the White House. I'd tell people what they needed to know when it wasn't always what they wanted to hear. And that's not super pleasant sometimes uh, for me, just because it was clear sometimes when, you know, an elected leader wasn't happy with what you're telling them. But, hey, it's just your best assessment based on the intelligence out there. I would be gravely concerned about all the hostages. Uh, you may have seen that there's a video clip of an Israeli father who, upon learning that his eight-year-old daughter had been killed, uh, in in Gaza was he was sad beyond words, but celebrating that she wasn't going to have to go through being a hostage. Yeah, I saw that. Oh. Think think about that. No, and I think can't. about the well. I think we good enough important for all of us not to turn our heads away from this um, and to be honest about what's going on. And it would be good for the folks in Congress to do the same thing because um, not all of them are, in my opinion. But it's 
it, it, you know, the hostages, the idea that you could actually secure their freedom right now, uh, I find that extremely hard to imagine. And it's it's tragic, but I just, I, I find it awfully hard to imagine how we could secure their freedom in the current circumstances with a war raging. And I'd like somebody to explain to me how that might get done. Sure, you're going to try to do it. I, explain to me how that gets done in in the current situation. I, I just not not like this. We all saw it is what ISIS did. Another element of the tragedy. Dan, we all yeah. saw what ISIS did. You know, the, there was the videos even dating back to Iraq 20 years ago. Uh, we going to see that again? Well, we have. We've seen. You know, Hamas didn't just brutally brutally murder innocent Israeli civilians in southern Israel. They also inundated social media with with the evidence of their crimes against humanity. And that's what they do. You know, they they burn people alive. They tied people up and made them watch while they killed uh, family members and then shot them in the head. Um, Some people claim those, that that's, that's the all fake. They, there are, there are people are the claiming that's holding, fake. Isn't that crazy, Dan? People are claiming that's AI generated and fake. Yeah, well, that's the world we live in, tragically. But that's why the Biden administration needs to own the narrative and and work with our allies to own the narrative. And and um, but that's where our hostages are. They're with those guys. So if you think there's a chance to get them out, then good on you for being an optimist. Um, I just after all the decades I spent at CIA, I am deeply sorry to say I just can't be optimistic. And I'm just being honest with you. You ask the question, I'm telling you what I think. Dan Hoffman, retired CIA senior, clandestine services officer, Fox News contributor. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. All right. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.